Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. Today is Saturday, March 26, 2016. And today's episode is going to be about just some magic news going around. And also the Shadows over Innistrad, full spoiler, has finally come out. It came out, what was it, yesterday or Thursday? Jeez, I don't even know. Just every day seems to be blending together at this point it's just been insane but before we get into that i would just like to say thanks to everybody who has been listening we have broke over 10,000 downloads since i've started the show and while that may not seem like a lot it is pretty awesome i gotta say so just want to say, like I said, thank you again if for downloading it, listening. If you did listen, I may have about one to two listeners by now. I'm hoping to boost that up to three listeners. Um, you can not only find me on iTunes just by searching Magic with Zuby, but I'm also part of the rotation of mtgcast.com. They are a network of other Magic the Gathering podcasts. That, um, you know, they've got some really good ones on there. So I implore you to check it out and see what everybody else is doing as well. You can also find me on my website where I not only post new episodes of the podcast, but also write articles as well. Um, just about the weekly goings on, going on with standard, modern, and what decks I'm playing that week. Sometimes I'll do a deck showcase. I sometimes I may just write articles, you know, how I did at big tournaments or sometimes just like a recent article I did on what's considered fair in magic. We're just, just a little like op ed piece. And I also started a new section on magicwithzuby.com called gaming with Zuby. I originally was trying to do gaming with Zuby on Twitch, but the one thing with Twitch is just time constraints. I don't have time to stream every day or two to three times a week or anything like that. So that was just never an option. Sorry for the yawn. It's been a long day and I'm recording this late at night. Well, late for me anyway, as anything past 10 o'clock is late for me. So like I said, um, I just started gamingwithzuby.com. Oh, well, well, no, I don't have the domain yet, but there's a link on magicwithzuby.com called Gaming with Zuby, and I just posted my first article. I'll be writing about video games, and it's, it's not going to be updated as frequently as my magic articles. It's just sort of... There's another thing I want to write about in the times where I just don't feel like writing about magic. So... Like I said, be sure to check that out. And you can also find me on Facebook. The address is facebook.com slash magicwithzuby. Um, really, I just post, you know, whenever I release new articles or new podcast episodes. Um, so you, you can interact with me there. You can send me messages or, you know, say what you like or what you don't like, what you hate. And you can also follow me on Twitter. The show's official Twitter is at Magic with Zuby. And my personal Twitter is at Zubatron. That's Z-U-B-A 
T-R-O-N. So my personal Twitter is just my ramblings of just magic stuff, political stuff, um, random stuff about work or random stuff about my day, what's going on. But I would like to also talk about something else that has just recently happened in the podcast. I have been approved to be on Stitcher. And in case you're not sure what Stitcher is, you can hear my show on Stitcher. Just go to stitcher.com and search for Magic with Zuby. You can, they also have got a free app that you can download, not only your iPhone, but also Android as well. So before my show was only really available on iPhone devices since I was only in iTunes. But now that I'm on Stitcher, hey, if you've got an Android device and you're listening to this on your PC, go download it. On your tablet, your phone, wherever you want. You can listen anytime, anywhere. I mean, just like the iTunes podcast app. I mean, not only is there, there's a lot of big name podcasts on Stitcher like NPR and a bunch of other ones. You can, what I also like what Stitcher does just from me playing around with it is you can create custom playlists with, and there's over 40,000 shows to discover. Um, be sure if you're listening on Stitcher and even if you're listening on iTunes, be sure to rate and review my show. You know, it makes it look good. Oh, I'm looking this up right now. Stitcher is also available on the Nook and Kindle Fire as well. That's awesome. So not only is it just iOS and Android, it's on Nook and Kindle Fire. That's pretty cool. And according to this, it's also in 4 million car dashboards. That's pretty sweet. I mean, I don't mess with... Actually, no, my wife's car is a lot more fancier than mine. It's got like the Sirius XM and and all the other quirky famous... Or not famous, but quirky technological stuff hell it's even got a backup camera and my car is just pretty boring and plain yeah and i'm the techie person but whatever now that's beside the point um just like itunes podcast app that's on demand and on the go there's no downloading well okay that's a plus over the itunes app there's no downloading no syncing no wasted memory stream your favorite podcast and if you don't have stitcher you can download it for free today at stitcher.com or in your mobile app store so like i said it's this just happened this week like a few days ago i got approved so you know be sure to check it out it's just another way where you can get this podcast and Check it out. Not and you're just not limit limited to listening to it on my website. It's also, you know, on Android devices now, Nook, Kindle Fire, so that's pretty cool. Um so this past Friday I went to my F and M standard and it's it's almost sad in a way because next week is gonna be the last regular standard and Instead of going with Jeskai Dragons this week, because I did tell myself I was going to play Jeskai Dragons until rotation, but I kind of felt like bringing my Eldrazi ramp deck for a spin. And it wasn't too bad of a run. 
even though my record at the end of the night wasn't that great, I was in the final match for first place. And my record at the end of the night was 2-1-1, two wins, one loss, and one draw. The draw was from the very first round. I was up against Esper Control, and I got to say those were really good games. It was, um, he probably would have beat me in the last game if we hadn't have drawn. And, sorry. And it was just really close. Like, I would get a lot of mana. I would cast something, you know, Ulamog or Worldbreaker to exile one of his lands. I would get rid of some of his lands. Then he would just get more lands back and keep countering my stuff. And it was just a real back and forth battle. And it it was really fun. Um, That was the first round. Second round was up against. What was I up against? Oh, a landfall deck. Um, it was like a mid-range landfall deck, and it it just wasn't really any match for for my deck. I just pretty much did the standard Ulamog and Worldbreaker, and I had to get Ugin out in one of the games just to board wipe the board wipe the board. And third round was up against Esper Control again, but this time. Gosh, first game I was able to get turn six Ulamog, and he just scooped because there was just nothing he was going to be able to do. And game two was very much the same, where I was able to get an Ulamog and Worldbreaker out early just to keep exiling his lands, and it was pretty. It was over pretty quickly. I do have to say the final match, game one, was the fastest way I've ever gotten Ulamog out, and <clears throat> God, it was. I've got a Turn five Ulamog. I don't even remember the whole sequence of events, but it was, let's just say I was able to ramp super quick, super early, and turn five Ulamog, and my opponent just scooped. And he brought in, he was playing, crap, what was he playing again? Oh, that's right, Rakdos Dragons. So Black Red Dragons. And he was able to. He just put in a lot of hate against my deck. Transgress the Mind, Infinite Obliteration. When I look back on it now, I probably should have been smarter enough to take out the Ulamogs and Worldbreakers because that I'd be able to transform my deck into sort of a mid-rangey deck because I have Hangerback Walkers in the sideboard, Sylvan Advocates for you know beatdowns. Um, the only problem is I don't really have a way of dealing with flyers if I had gotten rid of all the world breakers. So it game two was sort of back and forth. It was somewhat close, but he ended up winning game three was not even a game. It was, it was just the way of magic telling me, nope, it is not your chance to win. So what happened was we go to our opening hands and I have six lands and a ramp spell in my opening hand. And I'm thinking, this is not going to work. Not going to work at all. It's especially with, even though his deck isn't fast, it's, it's just not worth, that's not a hand you want to keep. Even though I have all land and a ramp spell, it's like, what's the point? I just have to go on luck at that point. So I mulligan down. And of course 
my six hander had no land. <laughs> it was just, it was, it, it was like almost telling me you should have kept the seven land hand or the, the seven, the seven card hand. And then I'd go down to five cards, no lands again. And I'm just thinking, Oh my gosh, the, this deck. So, I, and, and don't get me wrong. Like every time when I mulligan, especially when it's the last game and it's for first place, of course, it's, you know, I'm gonna shuffle like insane and I pile shuffled. I randomize it, you know, mash, whatever the heck you want to call it. And, and then of course I go down to four and it's just four lands and <laughs> I'm just, I'm shaking my head and my opponent, my opponent feels bad for me. It's like, I'm, he he's smelling like, Oh, I'd throw my deck right now. And I'm just like, you know what? It's, it, it is what it is. It's just funny. It's almost, yeah. And so when I scried my one card, it was a Sylvan advocate and I kept it. It was just, it was, it was no game three was a non game. It was very, he was able to do all the things and I played one creature. He killed it pretty quickly and that was it. <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was a sad way. I'd, I'd rather have gone out fighting than, you know, having a non game, but Hey, that's magic. It's one of the more frustrating parts of magic, but it happens. It happens to everybody. It happens to the best of players, but you know, surprisingly after that I was, it's, it's strange because like my opponent, you know, kept on telling me like, Oh, I would have been so mad if that happened to me. You know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where it, it's almost like, why even get mad over it? Cause like, trust me, I would have done, I would have liked to do nothing better than just throw my deck against the wall and just be like, you know, screw this game. But it's like, it, it it's, it's almost comical cause it's just. Is I just almost I was saying to myself I should have kept the seven the seven card hand of six lands and and this is pilgrimage, you know like I at least I could have got a lot of land out, you know but it was just yeah it was kind of sad, but such is life. At least it wasn't a bigger tournament. It's just F and M. I try not to get too emotional about just. FNM in general it's when it gets to like IQ or PPTQ time which by the way April 23rd is another standard PPTQ that I plan on attending which gets me a little nervous since it's going to be the new set coming out so I got to figure out a deck that I want to build I mean I am going to try the Eldrazi ramp deck again after rotation just to see how it does because I only need to take out a few things but you know, who knows? I can see everybody wanting to build black, red vampires and all that sort of thing, but I digress. But like I said, when it comes to PPTQs and IQs, I do tend to care a little bit more because I do try to actually practice. FNM is just really my practice time and, you know, it is what it is. So let's get on to some of the main topics. I've got three topics I'm going to discuss. First one is the shadows over Innistrad full spoiler. So I 
think, as I was saying before earlier, the full spoiler was released. I think it was yesterday, right? So I'm just pulling it up here. Give me a second. I thought I had it up already. I guess not. I'm a really bad person at getting ready. Oh, which site looks better? Uh, I don't like this site. I'll stick with this one. So, (coughs) God, this cold is never going to go away. It's like, I swear, I was... (coughs) Damn it. So, I was really sick on Monday. And it was pretty funny. My, um, My manager... You know, I, I came to work anyway on Monday, but my manager told me like around two o'clock, I'll just go home. You look like shit. And I'm just like, yeah, don't tempt me. Don't joke around with me. And then I decide to stick it out. And then four o'clock comes around and I go up to my, my manager. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I've got to go. Like it, I got to that point where your body starts aching and it, it's sort of like no matter what you do, you can't get comfortable, but with sitting and you're starting to not not really develop cold sweats, but you're starting to, you know, you're, you're just whole your whole body's starting to weigh down. And he's like, "Dude, I sent you home two hours ago. Why are you still here?" I'm like, "I didn't know you were serious." <laughs> so yeah, as soon as I got home Monday, I didn't even go to Modern that night and just went instantly to bed. Did not wake up until nine a.m. the next day, which of course I called out on that Tuesday. But yeah, it sucks, and it's like it's freaking cough is stuck on my throat and my chest and I just can't seem to get rid of it. It's like, God, as soon as I do anything a little bit active, like, you know, even walk around or walk fast, or I don't even dare try to run right now. I don't even dare try to exercise because as soon as I do just a little thing, I start coughing my brains out. You know, it's like, it's like, blah, you know, it's frustrating as hell. But anyways, so the Shadows over Innistrad spoiler finally came out completely. And, you know, I was hearing a lot of talk over at my store about, you know, how people are going to be building Black Red Vampires is going to be a thing. Um, Control might become a thing again with Descend Upon the Sinful that exiles all the creatures. Um, But I'm still really unsure of what I want to do. Of course, the first joke deck I want to build is that Sphinx's Tutelage, which I don't think is going to be very good at all. But, see, this always happens to me with rotation, especially when a new set comes out. I'm just so unsure. Actually, no, that's not always true, because there's usually at least one deck I want to build. Like, when Battle came out, I knew instantly I wanted to do a Landfall deck for the time being until I figured out something else. But, um... Yeah, I'm looking at the cards here, and I mean, I can see zombies being a thing. I can see vampires being a thing. But as far as anything else that has been spoiled that we haven't talked about in the past two podcasts, there is, where's that one? Here we go. Is it Sin Prodder? I don't think we talked about that one. Sin Prodder. It is a 3-2 devil creature, red, two colorless and one red, has menace, 
at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. Any opponent may have you put that card into your graveyard. If a player does, Sin Prodder deals damage to that player equal to that card's converted mana cost. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. Dang. That is pretty damn good. I almost wish that card cost two. That way I would definitely play it in modern. But I think it would probably just be way too... Uh, probably a little bit too good for burn. But it makes me pretty interested that maybe burn might be a thing. I mean, it's always usually a thing. But maybe a pretty good thing come Shadows when it comes out. Um... Any other ones that were looking pretty interesting? I mean, forgive me, I haven't really looked into all the cards yet. I've just been really busy. I'm almost done with my house, by the way. It's I just finished signing the loan paperwork today, and so I turn it in on Monday, and then the underwriting process occurs. And who knows what else happens? I mean, I know what happens. It's just... Let's hope nothing crazy happens. Um, I kind of like this card, at least for EDH. The Seasons Pass, the green one. Four colorless and two green, so six altogether. Return any number of cards with different converted mana costs from your graveyard to your hand. Put Seasons Pass on the bottom of its owner's library. That one seems pretty cool. I, um, I kind of like that one. I mean, I don't, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, I can't see that one being too good in standard, but you never know. I almost thought this next green card would be good in Eldrazi Ramp. Um, it's potentially could be with the amount of lands you can have out. So Ulvenwald Hydra. That's right. Ulven, U-L-V-E-N, Wald. W-A-L-D, Ulven or Olven? I don't know. It costs four colorless and two green. It has a reach. That's a plus. It is a mythic, though. Ulven, um, whatever. The Hydra's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. So it doesn't have a set power and toughness. So if you're ramping out a lot of lands and you play this bad boy, boom, he could be like a 10-10. You know, as soon as he comes out. But, of course, you know, it's down to, oh, he'll be killed quickly. And then when Ulvenwald Hydra, Hydra enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a land card. I, yeah, that was terrible. Put it onto the battlefield tapped and then shuffle your library. So that's another plus, too. Not only with the ramp deck, would you be able to get this card out pretty early? You know? You could also, hey, it gets you another land out. You know, um, I don't know. It'd be something that I'd be interested in testing out to see how it does. Since it does have reach, I mean, it's definitely not better than Worldbreaker, since Worldbreaker exiles something. But it's still, it could be maybe a... I mean, I could almost see it replacing... Not completely replacing Sylvan Advocate... But maybe taking Sylvan Advocate from a 4-of down to a 2-of, slotting two of these bad boys in. Because I would have to take out the Rattleclaw Mystics, and I'll probably put in Leaf Gilder, the elf that, you know, 
sort of like a more expensive Elvish mystic or Llanowar elf. And God, that's right. Rattleclaw mystics going away. Oh, that card is so good on my ramp deck. Why wizards? Mm, but yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's definitely an interesting card that I'm looking at. And, you know, I wouldn't mind trying it. Let me see what else we've got here. An inexorable... I can't talk. Inexorable blob. Why can't I say that card? I can't say the name. Inexorable? Inexorable? Yeah, there you go. I'm pretty... I'm, yeah, I'm not the smartest person. Um, when the blob attacks, if there are four or more card types among card cards in your graveyard, put a 3-3 three, three green ooze creature token on the battlefield tapped and attacking. So tokens are definitely going to be a thing in this set. Whether it's going to make its way to construct it or not, I mean, it's always possible. Spe Excuse me. Especially with Second Harvest out there, that's going to be sweet. But board wipes are definitely still around that are going to be... Wait, no. Yeah, and there's still going to be board wipes, planar outburst, um, descend upon the sinful, and there's probably others that I just can't think of right now. I'm trying to think. No, that Fate Reforged one is going away. Um, we talked about all the Planeswalkers. Um, Altered Ego was an interesting, interesting, I can't talk today. Interesting one, especially that I would almost like to play it in my Crufix deck for EDH. You know, Altered Ego can't be countered. You may have Altered Ego enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield, except it enters with X additional 1-1 counters on it. So it costs X, two colorless, a green, and a blue. And, yeah, that would be awesome, my Crufix deck. Oh, you've got a super badass, strong creature. Oh, so do I, but it's a 50-50 now. And, oh, you path to exiled my super strong creature, and I'm really sad right now. Oh! Ugh. So, Yeah. Anyways, they also, I don't think we talked about the rare land cycle, but the new rare lands are pretty average. I mean, they're, um, they're allied, are they allied color lands? Yeah, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're allied color lands. Um, they're dual lands, but you know, they're not fetchable. They're, um, they're as X enters the battlefield, you may reveal an island or swamp or swamp or mountain or, you know, forest or mountain or plains or island, etc., etc. And from your hand, if you don't, the land comes in tapped. So it's not bad. According to what some other people are thinking, you three color mana bases may still be a thing, maybe closer to shard mana bases, meaning like Esper, Naya, Bant, Jund, and I'm probably forgetting one. I know I'm forgetting one. And I'm 
just I don't feel like looking it up. But you know those those colors, not the wedge colors like Abzan, Jeskai, etc. So still a still possibility. I I'd, I'd still be happy with just a lot of dual color decks, you know. But hey, whatever standard produces out, it produces out. So I'm trying to think of any other cards that look pretty QL. Um, I like this Black Mythic, even though it's super expensive and probably won't really see play, but I would love to put it in an EDH deck. Behold the Beyond. Five colorless and two black, so seven altogether. Discard your hand, search your library for three cards, and put those cards into your hand, then shuffle your library. So it's like a demonic tutor on crack, even though it's super expensive. Um, like I said, I don't see this really being played that often, if at all. And it's a sorcery, sorcery speed. So, like I said, awesome, awesome card, just way too expensive. But, like I said, it seems like it make for a great casual EDH card. As far as blue cards go that we haven't already discussed, I'm not too excited about a lot of them. I mean, we've already talked about all the ones before that... I was excited about like thing in the ice and invasive surgery, etc., etc. And then we come to the white cards. Any other new ones that I have not yet discussed? Not really the same one. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, nothing new pops out. Just briefly going through it that we haven't already discussed before. So, yeah. But, so Shadows Over Innerstrad's pre-release is next weekend. I don't know if I'm going to be attending because I think I have something to do. I may have to work that next Saturday. Depends on what my schedule's like. I do plan on buying a pre-release kit, at least, just to have something, you know, just to have some new cards, you know, just, eh. Um, I think my store is doing events on the whole weekend, so I'm going to try to go to one. We'll see. Like I said, it really depends on what my schedule's like. And then Shadows comes out on April the 8th, and yeah. We're just, we're going to see what happens. I'll probably draft the first few weeks just to get some collection going. And he said, I really don't know what I want to build. So we'll just have to wait and see. So the next topic, going on to the next topic, y'all. The next topic I would like to talk about is an article that I found interesting that was posted on Reddit. Oh, the great and wonderful Reddit. As much as I hate thee, I can't stop going to you because you're just so up to date on news. Well, not just up to date, but it's just so fast. Especially when it comes to like video game and magic news, you're just boom right there. And it seems like other websites I partake and visit in are just too slow. So there was a um, 
interesting article, I guess, from this website, Hipsters of the Coast. Frickin' hipsters. Ugh. That's beside the point. I'm not here to make fun of the name. Um, it's called Bargaining Table on the Events at Hashtag SCG Philly. Also, I'm back. Posted by a Stefano Black. I personally have never heard of him. Um, I only read the article because I saw it was had a lot of comments and it was upvoted near the top. And I was just like, okay, so what's going on with this? So I read the whole thing. Basically, to give a gist of it, because I'm not going to read the whole article. The whole article is very long-winded. I mean, you can read it yourself at hipstersofthecoast.com. So basically, I guess what happened was at the Star City Games Philadelphia event, they were at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. I've never personally been there, so I don't know what the layout of the place is like. But apparently there was not only the Star City Games event going on, there was also a gymnastics competition right next to it. Or on the other side. And apparently... There was, I guess, a cafe in between the magic event and the gymnastics event. Like I said, I'm, I don't know the layout, so I'm just going based on what the article says here. And apparently there was a part that was roped off. And I guess the part that was roped off was right next to the gymnastics area. And... It also roped off the entrance to the cafe where you could get like food and coffee or drinks. Um, it's not that from what I read and understood was not that you couldn't get to the cafe. You just have to, I guess, go around the roped off area or go a longer way to get there. So basically it was just inconveniencing people to not be able to go to the cafe right away. So the person who wrote the article, Stefano basically stated that he tried to go to the cafe and there's a security guard saying, um, you know, Oh, you can't go through. And, you know, we're not allowing, you know, your kind of people, you know, through, or at least that's what he's alleging that, you know, he was being discriminated against. So he, Basically, but he, I guess his argument was, well, you're letting other people go through and, you know, probably thinking it's not fair. So I'm assuming that. So. Yeah. I guess he walked around it and went in the cafe area. So it seemed like he just went in anyway didn't go around the long way or whatever it was and ignoring the security guard. And as soon as he went into the cafe to sit down or, or stand or whatever it was, he was unexpectedly accosted from behind by an armed uniformed Philadelphia police officer. The officer singled him out and separated him from what was now a group of three total SCG attendees present in the cafe, shouting directly in his face and ordering me to leave. So, long story short, the officer grabbed him by the coat and started to try to physically drag him to the exit. 
and was asking him, like, are you going to, you know, am I committing a crime? Officer was saying you're about to be, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so he was escorted outside. And basically, when he was able to get back in, he talked to the tournament organizers, want, demanded an apology, you know, of course, Star City Games, you know, withheld any responsibility. And so he talked to the venue, et cetera, et cetera. So basically, what I got from the gist of the article was he felt like he was being discriminated against. He was being profiled because... He was a white person that had, I guess, a lot of tattoos and piercings, according to what he was saying, and that other people who were women or looked like little kids or little boys were not being discriminated against and were going under the rope with no issues. Um, I was really just, I mean, yeah, it sucks what happened, but for what I got from the whole article was he basically did not listen to the security officer, regardless if the security officer is discriminating or not. He didn't listen to them and it was probably well within the security guards rights to either get a hold of the cops at that point, because who knows if this person is going to be causing trouble or doing whatever. Cause apparently according to what some other people said, the roped off area was, I guess the roped off area was also right next to where the gymnasts were being were in a changing area, a gymnast changing area. So I guess what just gets me about the whole thing is he's screaming and crying victim, but in all reality, he didn't listen to what the security guard said and is basically crying that, Oh, he felt discriminated and was, you know, being physically ruffled up by an officer of the law, regardless, like I said, regardless of other people were doing it or not. The main thing that gets me is he didn't listen. So he just went around the roped area and went in anyway. And it was well within that security guards rights to, you know, whatever their, that may be their protocol for, you know, their job. Where if you're dealing with someone who's not listening or is trying to sneak around you or get off into an area, maybe their protocol is to call a cop or whatever cop is there, you know, just so they don't have to deal with it. They don't have to physically put their hands on the person. So I guess, I mean, I feel like there's really not much else to explain about it because it's it's almost like you read those stories of, Oh, the cop did this or that to me. And it's like, well, we, we don't know the other side of the story. Maybe he was being a big asshole to the security guard that was standing in front of the roped area. I mean, we don't know. It's only we're getting the victim side. And of course, with as much hate that police officers get on the internet, it's probably, you know, all the comments were, of course, oh, that's super shitty that happened to you. Oh, that sucks. You were profiled and blah, blah, blah. It's like, ugh, God. And you know what? It's like I said, it's, it's really hard to not saying that this didn't happen or the way it happened or not saying that 
actually, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's what gets me is just the way it comes across as, you know, we're not getting the whole story here. Like I said, he broke, I guess, the rule. And the security car probably had to follow protocol and call the cop at the convention. for Because I'm sure for when there's big events, they have to have some cops around in case, you know, something happens. So, I don't know. I just read the article and was just shaking my head the entire time that, wow. So, you don't listen to authority and you go and cry victim okay that's how it's gonna happen and you know that happens so often it's just uh, what else is new so yeah you can read the article and you know see for yourself i'm not going to get into the whole part where star city refused to apologize and the venue refused to apologize that they're not responsible and all that stuff it's that's beside the point. It's the whole point was he should have just listened to the security guard and not caused trouble for himself, but he did he blatantly disregarded it and got in trouble and you know is now crying victim instead of taking responsibility. So yeah. Such is life. Um anyways, the last topic I'm going to be talking about tonight and yeah, this is going to be a rather short podcast. It's not going to be as long as the previous ones because I'm doing so low tonight. But the last topic I will be talking about is about a week ago, I think a little bit over a week ago. Yeah, maybe two weeks ago. Um, a proclaimed, oh no, he's not proclaimed, but he is a hall of famer in the magic the gathering and uh, in wizards magic hall of fame whatever it's called and he goes by the name of eric frolich 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 or otherwise known as efro he posted an article about how he did at um one of the pro tours or no no grand prix not a pro tour grand prix houston and one of the parts of the article that was causing a big hubbub was this paragraph here. And I just have to say, after reading this, it just blows my mind about this guy. It's like, I've heard him on constructed resources with Lee, Lee Marshall. Is it? Yeah. And I mean, he sounded intelligent. Sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And from what I understand, he's been playing magic for a long time and playing competitively competitively for a long time and you know has done really well but just this one paragraph just really went and showed me that wow you the 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 smugness the um the arrogance is just astounding so he he wrote this article about you know a tournament report of how he did and i'm just going to read this whole this whole paragraph here verbatim so you can so uh, yeah you can just hear it for yourself um in round 14 i was paired against mark jacobson the lone 13 and 0 in the tournament and a certain lock to make top eight even if he lost the last two rounds it's pretty common practice in this spot to consider scooping you're giving up some amount of equity in doing so 
You can slip to the second or third seed, although dropping below me in the standings doesn't change much since I would never choose to play against someone who just did me a big favor if I were now the higher seed when playing them. Seeding does matter, but the potential equity loss is very small. You will still make top eight, which is where most of your equity is located. And if the whole theory of knocking someone good out of top eight was to actually matter and you beat them in the Swiss, why would you have not beat them in the top eight instead? The equity loss from not conceding is potentially very large, although it could end up being zero. If you're an individual who has no pro tour aspirations, isn't worried about future relations, etc., you could lose zero equity from the dream crust situation. But by not helping someone else, you can't possibly have any expectations of that person to do so for you in the future. Yeah, so, okay, that was two paragraphs I read. That When I read that, my jaw like was dropping, so you wanted this person... I don't know who Mark Jacobson is, but you wanted this person to concede against you because, oh, he's going to, he's going to make top eight anyway, so he should concede to me. Why? Because you're a pro? Why? Because, oh, you would do it for him too? Bullshit. You wouldn't do jack shit for someone like that if he was a nobody. Oh, maybe if it was like one of your good friends on your team? Yeah, I can see that. But the very fact that you think someone should just concede to you because of who you are, I don't give a fuck. Sorry for, like, my harsh language here, but it just gets me fired up where it's like, these people, yeah, you've been playing Magic for a long time. Yeah, you're a good player. I don't give a flying fuck who you are. If I'm playing in a tournament and I go 13-0 and and I go up against you and you want me to concede or you even talk to me about scooping, I would just look at you and be like, what's in it for me? Oh, oh, that you would do it for me in the future? Yeah, bullshit. Or, oh, you'd give me some of your earnings or something if you win? Yeah, I don't fucking believe a word you're saying. I don't know you personally. So I'm going to try and beat your ass in the tournament, in cards, not physically, and just, you know, not even give a crap about who you are. Oh, and the fact that this guy was saying, Oh, well, by not helping someone else, you can't possibly have any expectations of that person to do so for you in the future. Oh, so I should be honored to scoop to you because of who you are? I don't give a flying fuck, man. It's not like this is the Super Bowl or something. This is a magic tournament where the winnings are very minuscule in the long run. Okay, so maybe a Grand Prix. What's a Grand Prix win? What, 10K or something? 20K? Yeah, that may seem like a lot of money to some people, but that's not a lot of money. Plus, you got to think about the taxes that are taken out for that. Plus, 10K is not going to last you like long at all, unless you invest it somehow. But, I mean, we're not even talking about that. But it was just the arrogance that someone thinks that you should concede to them because of they're famous or popular or whatever. It's just like, screw you, man. I don't give a crap who you are. You know, it, if that was me, if I was Mark Jacobson, I, I would have taken that public. It, it, I mean, I don't know what happened. Maybe they didn't talk about it because I don't think you can even talk about, you know, colluding, if they want to call it that, about scooping or whatever, drawing or whatever it is. I, I don't know the all the rules to it. 
But like I said, if this guy came up to me and tried to do that or say something, I would have taken it to the judge. Like, listen, this guy is trying to make me scoop to him. Like, I don't give a crap. I don't care who you are. That it just irritates me because it's like, oh, well, if this guy doesn't have any pro tour aspirations or he's not doing this for a living, well, I'm sorry. I didn't make that life choice to be a pro magic player and, you know, make this my living just because you did and you're not doing well in the tournament. And if you don't win this round, you don't make top eight and make any money. That's not my problem. Oh, or if you, or if I don't do this, I should never expect any help from you. Okay. I don't care. I don't know who you are or it's not that I don't know who you are. It's just, I don't care. You know, (coughs) sorry. It's just, this kind of fires me up. It's like, it's just the pure arrogance of people. And it's like, I don't even know this guy personally, but just the very fact that these two paragraphs that he wrote and he expects someone to do it. I mean, like, seriously, I'm sorry. Are we all it's, I mean, if I want to get really political right now, if I was a conservative talk show host, I'd be like, well, this guy's such a liberal. He's expecting handouts from everybody because that's what all, that's what the left is all about. It's about handouts and blah, 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 blah. But it's like, oh my God, it, it's frustrating. It's like when I read that, I was just, yeah. So that's my little rant about that. And as far as Efro goes or Eric Froelich, it's like, I've lost complete respect for him. If you really think that someone should concede to you because of who you are, I don't give a crap. And it's, and then he goes on like doing a little Q and a on, Oh, how can you even have the expectation of someone conceding to you? I have absolutely no expectation of someone conceding to me. Everyone can do what's best for them. For many people conceding is actually what's best for them. (coughs) So, so you're saying that people should concede because it builds up goodwill. I'm sorry. Are we playing the happy care bear land game of where if I lose to you, I win the game somehow. No, I'm playing a card game where you either win or you lose. There's no, Oh, if you scoop to me now, I may scoop to you later in a future event. I don't fucking care. No, no, it's you win or lose. It's, it's that, that black and white. It's like players may go out of their way to try to dream crush you, knowing you will be doing it to them if the situation arises. For many fans of the game, they love this prospect since it's the purest form of a magic tournament where all results are earned on the battlefield. You know? And then he goes on and says, I don't care enough about the competition to eliminate a good friend in a spot where I don't need to, and asking me to do so is just silly. And then I think the best part is the best question is, are you angry about the situation? Short answer is an easy no. Then why write about it? Why write about this whole little thing? Bring it out into the limelight. You know, unless this is a whole thing where, you know, you know, all publicity is good publicity. You know, he's getting people talking about him, even though he's getting people talking about him in a very negative way. But it's just like, it blows my mind that that kind of thinking it's, I don't get it. Because everything that I've done, and especially in my magic career, I've earned. No one has given me anything. I would never expect, you know, 
if I was going up against a friend in a tournament, I would never expect them to concede to me. And if they even tried to, I'd be like, no, you and I are going to go at it. We're, we're going to fight. You know, in my martial arts days, there were many tournaments where I would go up against my best friends in a fight. And you know, when we would do sparring in tournaments. <coughs> and you know what? We never... I never conceded to my friend to have him win and go on further. No, we fought each other. We would kick each other's asses and whoever won was the better person. You know, it's to me, it's the same thing. I would never expect it. I don't know. It, it just blows my mind that someone can think like this where it's like, Oh, it's good for you to concede. No, it's not. And for you to even think that fuck off. You are completely delusional, delusional thinking that way. And what it did like, there was another pro player, Ross Miriam wrote, uh, an article basically rebutting it and, you know, it's long enough and you can find it on star city games about it where, um, you know, talks about that. There's a whole culture of magic players doing this exact thing and, you know, it, it really brings you thinking that really brings you thinking and believing that it's a good old boys club where if you're not part of the good old boys network, you know, you're going to be shunned out. And if you don't do, if you don't concede to someone like him, you're going to be shunned out of the good old boys network. Well, you know what? I wouldn't care. You know, I would almost hope that I would get to a big tournament and go up against someone and they ask me to concede, I'd be like, no motherfucker. Even if I lose, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Usually I try not to curse during my podcast, but this like little subject just got me really fired up. Got me way more fired up than the whole, you know, SCG Philly thing. Cause that was just ridiculous with the whole freaking cop. But this EFRO article just, it got me fired up. So yeah. So that pretty much brings me to the end of the podcast. Um, next podcast I want to try to do is I'm going to try to bring on a guest, possibly Alec again, if we can figure out a time to set, set aside and do it. I want to talk about rotation and some of our favorite decks that we played in standard when cons was out. And that includes Theros to cons and cons to Zendikar battle for Zendikar. And hopefully that will be the next podcast. And I guess I would just like to say, don't forget that we're on stitcher.com. Now don't forget to download that app, you know, get it on Android, iPhone, Nook, Kindle fire, whatever device you've got. Um, we're also on mtgcast.com. Um, you can visit my website, magicwithzubi.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. You can email me <coughs> any questions, mtgzubi at gmail.com. And keep on keeping on, everybody. All right. Have a good night.